During my time on this planet, I have built over 300 marketing campaigns for my SMMA. With Northflow Consulting, my old agency, we signed over 350 clients over a four or five year time period, and they were done for you clients. So every time we onboarded a client, we had to go through a rigorous process to set their campaigns up. And in this video, I'm gonna walk you through how I would visualize campaigns and how I'd build them out so that I knew they would be successful. I'm gonna walk you through probably one of the most important things you need to understand if you want to acquire clients and keep them. So this is a service delivery video um, and it's gonna walk you through how I see campaigns and how I sort of map them out before I launch them, okay? So we're not gonna be diving into business managers or anything, because that's technical and that's boring. What I'm gonna do is show you how to see, all right? And I'm hoping by doing this that it improves your ability to deliver results for clients. In fact, I know it will because I delivered results for over 300 clients and we kept them all for a very, very, very long period of time using this model. So let's get into it. My name's Charlie Morgan. I've built and scaled two companies, an agency called Northflow Consulting, seven figures, Imperium Acquisition, a consulting company, multi seven figures, do about 500 grand a month. I'm going to walk you through how to build campaigns. Now, this can be for, I used to, we only used to do Facebook ads for our clients alongside some other stuff like database reactivation. So this is going to be my model for Facebook ads. It will probably also work for YouTube ads, TikTok ads. God forbid you do LinkedIn ads or something else like that. All right. So the key to understanding ads is to understand biology. I'm not going to go too deep into that, but you need to know how variation works, how natural selection works if you want to understand how to build successful campaigns. So I'm going to briefly touch on that and then I'm going to walk you through the model. So when you're running ads, you want to look at your ads like organisms in an environment, okay? And you want to look at the algorithm of the media buying platform as nature, okay? So what this means is you have the algorithm, right, which sets the condition for survival. So this is like nature. Imagine, for example, the algorithm is a forest, right? Your ads are these little squares, right, over here. And let's just say that these ads could represent like trees in the forest or fucking woodlouse or something. It's like an organism. What nature does to organisms is it tests them. So nature says these are the conditions for survival. And then it goes and it tests the organisms against those conditions. For example, if you are a mouse in a forest and the ground is brown, and if you're a white mouse, you don't have conditions for survival because you don't blend into the ground, which means birds of prey will kill you, okay? Simple model, right? So the algorithm is gonna go and look at your ads. So you need to see this in the same way. Facebook or YouTube sets the conditions for survival. And in order for your ads to be successful, you must meet those conditions. So the market sets them, the algorithm sets them. In order for you to achieve success with your campaigns, you want to create as many organisms as possible. This is, for example, why turtles lay, I don't know how many eggs turtles lay, but I know they lay hundreds. So like a turtle won't just lay one egg. It will lay hundreds of eggs in the hope that one or two of its offspring is able to make, make its adulthood so it can reproduce, right? We're looking to do the same thing with our ads. When we produce ads, we don't just want to produce one ad for our client or two ads or three ads. We want to produce as many as we can that make sense with the budget we've got to play with so that we can have this big wide net of different variables so that when the algorithm comes to shuffle through and test these things and the market comes to test these ads, maybe one or two of them are gonna be successful and then we can use those one or two successful ones to propagate and duplicate. So that's the model, right? That's the framework. I'm hoping you understand the basic premise and here is how you build it. So what you want to do is you wanna look at this in, you wanna look at your service delivery or your, your service itself in three different levels, okay? You should be familiar with this, but I'm gonna explain it. So we have the campaign level up here, okay? So the campaign level is obviously like the shell that contains the ad sets. The ad sets are the shell which contain the ads. So we have the campaign level, then we have the ad set level, and then we have the ad level. So the way this works is it's sort of macro, micro inside of macro, micro, micro inside of micro, which is inside of macro, okay? You usually have one campaign, 
Now, you can have multiple campaigns, and I'm going to explain how in a second, and I'll explain exactly how I map this out. So you have the campaign, then inside of the campaign, you can have multiple ad sets. So it could be anywhere between like two to 10, for example. And then inside of each ad set, you might have like three to four ads, right? So I'm going to walk you through this. And you need to bear in mind the one thing that you are constrained by, the one limiting factor of your ability to test variables and to find the ads that work is the budget. So when you're taking on done a few clients for ads, I would never ever recommend taking on a client that has less than $1,000 a month to spend. If you if you can't get $1,000 a month, $750 is fine. 500 can do but really you want a thousand dollars a month to play with because without that it's hard to shuffle through enough variables to make it work and if a business can't afford to spend a thousand dollars a month on ads they probably shouldn't be spending any money on ads in the first place right so just a, just a heads up so let me walk you through how this works what i would always do so i used to i'm going to give you the example of modeled how i model this out for gyms now i know that this model will work for other um niches but since I did it in the gym niche like over 300 times, I'm going to walk you through like how I model it out. If you're in the Cairo niche or the dental niche or the real estate niche, the same principle will apply, but you might have different variables and I'll explain. So for example, with gyms, I would basically have two campaigns, right? So or usually I'd have three campaigns. I'd have two cold and one warm. So one retargeting, but that's a story for another day. We'll just focus on the cold campaigns for now. So with gyms, I would split my campaigns into M1 and W1. Now, here's the variable. At the campaign level, the variable that I would be splitting between was men and women. If you run ads for real estate agents or dentists or chiropractors, you're probably not going to split your ads by the gender. The reason that it worked well in the gym space to split by gender is because you can call out men and you can call out women differently because men have different physical desires and fitness needs and wants to women so if you try and bundle men and women into the same into the same campaign women want to lose fat men want to gain muscle right women want to balance their hormones men want to increase testosterone women want to work out in a community men want to work out alone there's you have to understand your niche well enough to do this but my point here is that you might not want to split between men and women because a lot of the time and what i actually found after a while is i wouldn't even bother going for men because women did so much better. So what this is actually, this is exactly what I mean by the scientific testing thing. Because over time, I learned that the algorithm, the environment, you know, this this big all-seeing, all-encompassing market, basically was able to select for me what was better. Because I found that when I was advertising to women and men, right, the average cost per lead for, for men, this was in the UK, so I managed to get it really cheap at points, was like £10. But then the average lead for women was like £5. So just by knowing that, I could, just by running ads to women, my the efficiency of my campaign was effectively doubled, right? So that's that's just an example of, of how powerful this sort of method is. So that's that. So what I, what, I, what I eventually did is I figured out that, you know, women were the right, you know, person to advertise to. And so when you're running tests, it, the very conception of your agency, you have to test the big variables. Like, is it better to run ads to men or better to run ads to women? And this is why with your agency, it's going to take you longer than a year to get to 10 grand a month because you need to build this service delivery knowledge to become a true expert. And you can't do that without experience and without regular testing. So um, it takes some time. Eventually, I figured out that women were the best. So what I then would do, right... And let's, um, let's do this. So let's just say we've got one campaign, right? And we call it W1 because we're just running ads to women. That's the primary variable that we're going to set at the ad set level. And that's that. That's how you determine whether or not you should have multiple campaigns. There should be one primary variable that you're experimenting with, whether it's the gender 
of the people, right? The location or the, the usually if you're doing it on a broader level, it's going to be the interest targeting. However, if you're if you're advertising for local businesses, never ever use interest-based targeting. Never ever use any demographic targeting. Just leave it blank and just draw a ring around the business and let your copy and your message bring the people that you want. Okay. Because ultimately you're constrained by the size of the audience. The last thing you want to do is use any sort of hyper-targeting because it doesn't work. Trust me. Let's just take one campaign. So what I would then do is I'd have this campaign, right? And then what I'm going to do is you want to use what we call a branch and node model. Okay. So what we're then going to do is we're going to start to visualize this. So I'm going to bring this out here, bring it out here like this. What we're then going to do is we're going to draw these little nodes down like this. Once we've got the campaign level sorted, we need to build the ad sets, right? So what I'm then going to do is I would basically do this by the copy I was using. This is how it would work. So what I've actually done is I've gone into my old ad bank. This is in my some somewhere deep, deep into my Google Drive and I managed to find it to show you what this looks like. So at the ad set level, because I've already defined the gender, the ad set level is determined by the type of copy that I'm using because that's what I wanted to establish next is which copy performs the best, right? Because ultimately when it comes to Facebook ads specifically, I'm talking Facebook ads here, there's three primary variables for local businesses that determine the success of the campaign. The copy, the creative, and the targeting, right? Those are the three main things. The targeting for local businesses should always be local, right? And you shouldn't use any any sort of demographic targeting. So you're not going to put in any interests or anything like that. The only thing that you'd really be differentiating with but sometimes is the age of the people you're targeting. But even that typically doesn't matter too much, right? As long as you're like, as long as the age you're targeting is relevant to the offer you're presenting. For example, with gyms, we found that like women between the ages of 25 and like 55 would be good. Anything north of 55, the women couldn't handle the workouts. Anything below that, they were usually already in the gym anyway, right? So that sort of middle-aged, sort of spread for lack of better words what a horrible word to use middle-aged spread but either way let's look at the ad bank what i would do is I, I had code names for different pieces of copy so this is nfc right and you can see my copy here right this was helps right um and this was oli i don't know why i named them this i just did here's another example um here so women won right this was for online stuff when when covid happened um this was women two you can see this here right? This is men one, we've got unisex one, we've got unisex two. So a bunch of different variables, basically. So what we then do is I'd come into these um, nodes, if you'd like, and I'd name them. So I'd come in here and I'd put like helps. And then I'd come in here and I'd put OLI. And I'd come in here and I'd put NFC, right? Another example I had was FLC. And one other example off the top of my head, what was another code name? CEL for celebration. So I had these pieces of copy that I'd written and then I codenamed them. And then what you do is you name the ad set after these. So this would be helps in brackets W, helps in brackets double, um, only helps um, W, NFCW, FLCW, and CELW. And then this way, I was able to basically deduce like which one's gonna perform best. Now this is where it gets interesting. So what I'm then doing is I've got five ad sets, right? And so what the, the, the whole plan here is if I've got a $1,000 a month budget, what it allows me to do is it means each ad spend, each ad set can be dedicated $200 a month in budget. So what I wouldn't do is I, I never turned on campaign budget optimization. I never had CBO on. I'd always set the budget at the ad set level because CBO has a bias, which means if the initial conditions of one piece of ad copy are better than the other, then that receives all the budget. But it's not enough of a testing period. So that might have changed because I haven't run ads through Facebook ads for a long time, but that's how I used to do it. So each each ad set as a rule of thumb needs to have $200 to $300 a month to perform, right? Otherwise it's just not enough. And that's roughly what is that like? 
something like eight dollars a day or something i'm not quite sure where it gets interesting next the next variable that you test for is the um images this is exactly how i mapped it out so you've got one campaign and then we've got five pieces of um copy here and then what i would do is i'd have different i'd have more nodes like this so one two three four so what this would then mean is i would basically have the client send me four pictures right so i'd pick four usually four or five Right, depending on the budget, four or five. Because in each each ad in this sense now has fifty dollars a, a month, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it helped. It worked. So you get the client to send you four pictures. So for example, women working out in the gym is what I'd ask for. Maybe maybe I select a picture of an older woman, a picture of a younger woman, a picture of a middle-aged woman, and a picture of a group of women all together. Right. What I would then do is I would label those pieces of media either one, two, three, or four. So I would have the pictures labeled. So maybe the old woman would be one, middle-aged woman two, young woman three, and group of women four. What I'm then going to do is I'm going to create four variants of each ad. So here, right, I've got one, I've got two, I've got three, I've got four. So what this now means is I've got one campaign and I've got five ad sets, but I've now got, what is it? So four, yes, yeah, so I've got 20 ads, right? So now I've got 20 ads. What this means is I have 20 opportunities to prove a fit to the algorithm. So we have to look at this in the same way that nature does. We've got the offspring, essentially. And so it, it this gives you so much more power. Trust me, it's a fucking, it's horrible to build this out inside of the ads campaign manager. But what I would do, as you can see over here, for example, is I build out the, um, I'd have my copy ready to go. Um, without the spelling mistakes, hopefully. I'd build out like all the copy and I'd get all the images and stuff sort of like mapped out and ready. And I'd get it all mapped out and ready and it was really that simple. And so now when I run my campaigns, I can observe the cost per lead or the cost per mile, the CPM, or the cost per click or the click-through rate or the funnel conversion rate. I can track everything back to the specific variables. And so what this allows me to do is, first of all, I know women are going to be the best, so I, I target them anyway. Then I'm asking myself, for this location, for this market, because all, all local markets are slightly different. You might think that all gyms are the same, and they are to a degree. What works in one city will probably work in another, but you still want a layer of algorithmic protection, right? And you have that through multiple variables because now I've got a stronger chance of survival. And that's all you're trying to do when you're running ads for clients is you, you need to imagine that you are the turtle and you're trying to lay as many eggs as you can to give your offspring the strongest chance of survival. Because let's say that I'm targeting, um, let's say for example here, we're targeting Colchester, right? Which is a city in Essex in the UK. So let's say this is the market of Colchester, and this specifically was for a um, specific gym in Colchester. I won't name any names. Now, let's say in this market, let's say this like variable of copy doesn't resonate. So it doesn't work. And neither does this variable of copy doesn't resonate. And neither does this one, right? What that now means is we can find two that do. And then what we can later on do, and this is what I used to do all the time, um, was something called propagation or like, you know, gene splicing, essentially, which is where you combine what works with something else. So you marry them and you produce offspring. So I'm like, okay, well, the helps W copy seems to work really well. And the celebration copy seems to work really well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the first part of the helps copy and I'm going to times it by the celebration copy at the end to produce maybe HCEL, right? Which once again, sounds like some sort of STI, but you get the point, right? Then you have this sort of hybrid you know, almost of things that already work. And then from that, you can, you can maybe test more copy and then you can combine those until you eventually create this mega species that just works everywhere. And that's truly what I managed to do with, with these campaigns. Um, so let's just come back out here. Now, what it also allowed me to do, so it allowed me to test the variables of the audience, but it also now allows me to test the type of images that work best. 
Because in this market, maybe it's the case that elderly women or, you know, I say elderly, women who are over 40, don't be offended if you're one over 40, I do apologize sincerely. But now it might be the case that women who are slightly older are a better fit. So what I might start to notice is a pattern where, you know, if, if let's say number one is the picture of the older woman, right? If number one keeps getting the lowest cost per lead after like a month or two, then I can start to optimize for that. Then I'm like, okay, well, I know number one works the best because I can see the cost per lead here is $3 where the cost per lead for these ones is, is 10. So I'm going to get, I'm going to go back to my client and say, this picture of this person worked really well. Can you get more pictures of this person or more pictures of this nature? And then over time, this is how you keep clients is shit just keeps getting better and better and better. With most people's ad, ad campaigns and most people's service delivery, the client experience reduces and gets worse and worse and worse over time. And that's because people don't build their campaigns out properly just like this. So you want to think in this branch and node model where you give your campaign the strongest chance of survival by... Sp people say like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's exactly what turtles do. It's exactly what most organisms do. You know, you want to have as much offspring as possible with as much genetic variation. Because now we've got 20 different ads that are all slightly different. And so we have 20 different chances of survival. If you take on a client and you run, you run one ad, you've, you've, you've completely ruined it, right? So if you take an agency that just runs one ad and then you take an agency that runs 20 ads, which one do you think is more likely to be successful? The one that runs 20 ads. You, you literally are 20 times more likely to find proof of concept and find something that you can scale and propagate. When you, when you know biology, this stuff makes sense. And this is weird because most people think, oh, I don't want to learn about biology or any of this shit. But if you know how natural selection works, then you know how advertising works with these media buying platforms. The market and the algorithm are natural selection machines. And the DNA that produces the, the genotypes, which produces the fitness or ability for survival, is determined by three things. You've got the DNA of, a, of a, an ad, essentially, is the copy, the creative, which is the picture or the video, and the audience. If you get those three things right, then you have a healthy string of DNA that can be duplicated and propagated, and eventually you can just naturally select all the way to something successful. That's how it works. That's how I see it. Maybe you don't see it the same way, but ultimately, every single time I take on a client, I would, I would map this out in, like, literally, using like a legal pad like this, is I would just map it out and draw it out and think, right, I've got this amount of budget, how many variables do I want to have? What images do I want to test? And what am I going to label them? Which types of copy do I want to test? Do I want to have multiple campaigns? Because then if I've got $2,000 a month, then maybe what I'm going to do over here is call this campaign women 18 to 35 in brackets one. And then I'm going to have another campaign with everything else identical. But the only difference is that I'm going for women who are 35 to 55 in brackets one. So I'm going to do that if I haven't got this constraint of budget. Maybe I've got $2,000 a month, so I'm going to have two campaigns, right? Then I've got 40 ads. Like they're all very similar, but there's these micro variations which make all the difference in the long term, all right? So that's how to build client campaigns and that's how to do it. Now, if you are the kind of person who wants shortcuts when it comes to business, there's a link you can click in the description. We help agency owners, coaches and consultants get clients. We're very bloody good at it. So if you want more clients, you can click the first thing in the description. You don't have to click it. I truly do not mind, but I just want you to know that it's there in case you are struggling to acquire clients and you just want a shortcut. Maybe you want to figure it out yourself. If so, fine, kudos to you. But if you want to do it quickly, just click the first thing. Once again, there's no, there's no case study. It's a video of me trying to sell you something for full transparency, all right? So go and check that out if you want to. If you don't want to, I truly do not mind. I just hope you enjoy these videos and enjoy them enough to subscribe. I will see you again in the future. I love you so much. Thanks for watching. Take care.